Hi, I'm Kiana, and welcome to Drunk With Friends, a podcast where my eclectic group of friends and I discuss various topics while having some drinks. So sit back, have a drink or two, and let's talk. All right. All right. So today we have Jack, my friend Jack here. I met Jack through Peter, who was on the first episode uh, during a road trip. And I thought it would be really cool to bring him on here because we had a really interesting conversation on that trip. Do you remember? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we talked a lot about relationships, a bit about polyamory. Uh, We listened to a lot of good music about love. (laughs) It was nice. Yeah, we definitely had a really cool talk. So I wanted to bring you on um because you know that that talk was super interesting but I also really like how you were able to give me a little bit of background history on how you grew up and um how you became who you are today so thank you for being a part of this so let's talk about what do you do what are what what do you call yourself what's your career Ooh, uh that's that's a big question um I guess the the simplest way to say would be that I bag groceries <laughs> um, and I work at a grocery store, help feed people, which was really just a lot of dealing with people. But there is a lot of um, enjoyment and fulfillment in doing grocery. And I guess uh, outside of that, I'm a bit of an artist. And trying to define that, I think, is like the big thing. Like one thing that I've really been saying a lot recently is that I feel like my greatest artistic expression is just my life and how I express myself through moving through it um, in my relationships to people. And then if I'm lucky, I have the space and resources to maybe like turn some of that into um, like a creative project or something like that. But yeah, that's what I try to do. Some people, especially in San Francisco, know me as Jack Snacks because that expression kind of led me, I mean, of course, working in grocery to like really get in with food and then kind of find like the dopest snacks out there for <laughs> all all the partying needs that people do enjoy. And you also model part-time. I've seen some of the pictures. Ooh. Part-time model, model who, whoever wants to put me in front of the lens, I usually say yes. <laughs> yeah, you, and you look good in front of that lens too. Thank you. Yeah. Peter's Peter's great, just gotta say. <laughs> so, um, how what was your childhood like growing up? Tell us about um, your family life and um, growing up with your sisters and your brothers, and how was that? Well, I have uh, six siblings. I have three sisters, three brothers. Grew up, well, I was born in Louisiana and stayed there mostly from my early childhood lived kind of in like a swampy river area. And I spent most of my time outside. Jeez, I feel like I could get into all the details, but trying to give like a summary. Uh, You know, my parents were not married until I was 18, but they were like common law married. They both had children uh, with previous relationships and I wasn't really close with all of them, but I did grow up with my siblings, three specifically I spent most of my time with. And eventually my family left Louisiana, lived on the road for about a year or so, 
before finally moving to California. And then that's where like the second part of like my adolescence came about. And um, I've been here pretty much ever since then, just kind of moving around a lot. And yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> maybe what you're looking for, but that's the best description I give as far as like where I've been placed at. <laughs> that was that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, I was going to ask, what did you what did you learn about um, your parents relationship? Because I know you said that they didn't get married until you were 18. What were some lessons you learned uh, throughout their relationship? Some things that you picked up on? I'd say like the first one was with my my half sister, Ariel, because growing up with her, I didn't understand what that really meant. And to me, she was just my sister. And then as I became older, we kind of began to say like, oh, well, dad had like a previous marriage that brought her, but she lives with us. And then I guess that idea of like, oh, well, people can have other relationships, but dad loves mom, mom loves dad. And their relationship was very powerful love. You know, they considered it very spiritual, their bond. And it was never really a big deal that they weren't officially married, even though, especially in the South, that is a very big deal. Um, And really one of the biggest reasons they got married uh, as I got older was because of just legal legal, uh, complications that come with not being married and like something happening. And yeah, uh, I think like from from learning to them, it's hard for me to really say like what specifically about relationships I learned from them as far as intimate relationships go, because they never talked to me too much about those things. In fact, for the most part, didn't really encourage me to uh, seek out relationships with other other people growing up. Wow. So one of the things that we talked about um, while we were on the road trip was how um, you discovered that you were polyamorous and that, um, you know, you had been exploring uh, that part of yourself for a while and you kind of had always knew it. When do you think was the exact moment when you're like, eh, I might be poly, like <laughs> something's different about me? Yeah, you know, um, I thought about that a lot. Um, and it's hard for me to narrow it down to a precise moment in time when I when everything just kind of clicked. Growing up, I didn't go to high school or middle school. I think I guess that's maybe important too. <laughs> Some people think so. Um, but I was part of like a message board growing up where I had met an individual who did identify as polyamorous. And he was like, he was like, you know, the Santa Claus of love. You know, he had this well-cut beard and he was like super jolly and like always laughing. Um, and when I would get on the phone with him, he'd tell me about his partners uh, and going on dates with like two of them at a time. and Just like how they knew each other and things like that. And so it started as just like being like, oh, wow, that's an interesting story. And then kind of being curious about like, well, how does that work? And then already have my own perspective of love, um, which I think was a bit too, uh, too grand as a kid, you know, uh, I think I did have a very like ultimate idea of love. Like, yeah, there's just one true love out there. And I remember I used to like, I was agnostic, but I would be like, you know, if there is a God and you're listening to it right now, I just hope that when I meet that one true love, I am who I need to be to keep them in my life. <laughs> it's like my little prayer. Um, <laughs> 
Everyone said that prayer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I straight up met that person. And I mean, we never even kissed. We eventually confessed love for each other. But it just wasn't going to be something that worked out. And so it felt kind of like I had messed up that one big chance, you know. And now I had met that person, but I couldn't be with them. And the love I felt for them wasn't ever going to go away. <laughs> I was just like, fuck. But, you know, I, I talked about it with my friend who I'd met on the message board. And we always had a lot of kind of open and interesting perspectives to share. And, you know, a lot of the stuff he made sense about, like, not ownership of people. And you really can't compare one love to another. But I was also still operating this idea that I could make one relationship work. And if I met the right person, then it would work out. And so I got into a relationship with my best friend. And, uh, you know, we'd already been best friends for like a year before we both kind of realized like, oh, shit, <laughs> uh, kind of want to do something more here. Right. And we were together for six months. You know, she had brought up this idea of, of getting into like a, a quote unquote serious relationship because I was kind of content with us just being best friends and having like this physical intimacy. But, you know, being in that space and being so close, I think it brought up a lot of confusion for us. And we were like, what is this? Like, what are we doing? And like, should we put a label on this? Because that feels like the right thing to do. Or is it shady if we don't, you know? So finally, I was just like, you know, I've never been in a relationship before. But I think, yeah, I got with her and we became a monogamous couple, boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, but I was still learning how to even navigate, like... <laughs> respect honestly for myself and for her and like what it meant to like uh talk to another like another girl or person um uh and like flirting and all that stuff um you know trying to figure all that out and without having first I guess done the work of like gotten to know myself and what I wanted uh it came up in our relationship and then we had to deal with it you know she had to deal with it it was it was not good. Um, and those problems, you know, jealousy was like a big issue. Um, I would try my best to like communicate and, you know, speak truth, but never could quite find ways to make those situations better. And at the same time, my friend uh, online, you know, who he talks to me, just is giving me more information about polyamory. And I'm sitting with these ideas of like being open with people and not owning them and like having very open boundaries and it didn't make me feel bad in a way it made me feel good and I was just like I could see that horizon of polyamory and I wasn't engaging with it but it looked like a space that I wanted to explore and I realized that I should explore it if that's how I really felt and to do so I was going to need to change my relationship structure so after thinking about that and talking to myself about it, I, I reached out to my partner at the time to like, to meet with me. Um, and then I told her that this was something that I wanted to explore, that it didn't really feel right to bring her through that process with me. So I felt like the best idea for us to do would to be, um, would to be to break up and kind of go back to this really amazing friendship that we had. And I didn't want to lose that. And she didn't like that idea. She felt like it was kind of like giving up. <laughs> uh, and we kind of agreed to just continue our intimate relationship, but under this new context 
which was hindsight not the best idea because <laughs> because uh, this was a space that she wasn't comfortable with as I was and so there were things that she didn't want to know about but then I couldn't fully express myself and be with her so it led to these gray areas of miscommunication and these spirals um, that weren't really good and would become their own lessons later on but every step of the way that I took I did find that um, being in a you know an open or poly structure helped really helped me explore some things and reinforce this idea that I should keep exploring the space and it's kind of continued to do so uh, ever since and that's what I was that was the next thing I was going to ask you what are some um things that you've learned about yourself through through being poly some really concrete things that you're like hmm <laughs> I never I never really thought about that prior to me uh being in this type of structure let me think um okay well it's hard to say like as much as I've done work with myself trying to like uh explore I also like every day I'm thankful for like the space that the people I've, I have been with have created for me to practice loving them and practice loving myself um, there's a lot that goes into that um, you know the ideas of like healing and empowerment um, just the other week I'd actually had some like old chat logs <laughs> from like my first love uh and I was just looking at myself back then and I was just like wow you're full of like all of this passion and like I'd really felt like I'd figured so much out but in reality I really had a lot to learn <laughs> um and I really you know a lot to experience uh, and have and joy to have and things like that and so I would say being in a poly or non-monogamous structure really allows me to learn things a lot quicker. And this is something I've talked about with other people where I give them like a scenario where it's just like, okay, imagine every relationship you've been in happening one after the other and then again and again. Now imagine all of those relationships happening at once. <laughs> and, you know, what does that do for you? Uh... Maybe that sounds really chaotic. Maybe those are the kinds of relationships you've had. Maybe that sounds like the most amazing thing ever to just be having all that love coming at you. And, you know, surely enough, in my experiences, like um, sometimes like having three partners at once and everything's going great, that's an amazing feeling. But then also there was one time I had three breakups in the span of two weeks, <laughs> which, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And that's why I want to acknowledge the space that others have, have created for me because, you know, we can learn anything from any relationship and being an intimate space allows us to explore more intimate things and learn more intimate things. And that's all that's all great. You know, um, I'd say, you know, navigating a non-monogamous space within a monogamy centric culture is also a learning and at the end of the day, I guess like a, like a lot of things, it's about self-empowerment and like lessons of self-empowerment. Awesome. That's so cool. Um, I actually this year um, 
experienced my first well I I I never been in a poly structure um not that I would ever be against it I I I definitely would think about it um but I experienced my first um open relationship this year and I have to say like I've I've learned so much about myself you know like I never really thought um years and years ago that I would ever be open to the idea but um you know the way that I look at relationships is so much different than I did when I was in my teens and I was like first dating and you know it uh, the society teaches us when we're really young that monogamy is the only way and so then as we grow older um that idea that concept becomes just very natural for us we get married we have children um we we go through these marriages and and people are are unhappy they're unsatisfied they don't know why they have these urges they you know they go through all of these things and I think that if we were taught about these relationship structures young and that you do have a choice (laughs) yep it would totally solve I think a lot of you know confusion and and a lot of hurt from people who are putting themselves and other people's through things that they absolutely don't have to go through exactly it would be revolutionary and i i i really do believe that non-monogamy is a revolutionary force because you know there's nothing wrong with the structure of monogamy but we do have to recognize that it has been co-opted by powers of oppression to you know oppress us <laughs> people really experience a lot of pressure and danger you know to really even be non-monogamous and it's it's terrible because most people i meet and i mean like most people are already practicing non-monogamy but they will refuse to call it that like oh i'm just dating around until i meet the one (laughs) or you know i'm looking for something casual but you know i'm a serious person (laughs) um and yeah congratulations on your relationship um I'm curious to hear like what what you've uh, I guess experienced or learned or what comes up for you now. Um what I've learned. Uh so many things. Um mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I guess that I've learned is that um you know a lot of the personal feelings and emotions that we have uh behind um jealousy or seeing our partner with someone else a lot of that is very internal like it has to do with us mm-hmm. um and for some reason we have adapted this very toxic mindset of you make me feel this way or you made me angry or you did this or i'm jealous because you like the way that i've kind of realized what well what i've realized is that um a lot of that shit just comes down to myself. You know what I mean? It's it's about how I'm viewing things. I'm responsible for my feelings and my emotions. There's an underlining reason for why I feel jealous, you know, about my partner being with someone else or, you know, them them talking or or being intimate with another. I there's something that's going on personally with me, you know, and so being in an open partnership 
uh, this year definitely gave me the opportunity to kind of take a step back and, and examine all my shit and my insecurities and, you know, tap into why do I feel so jealous and, and, you know, so that was, that was what I got from being in that type of partnership. I mean, that's great. Um, I think that's exactly what, um, some of the best things that can happen. I think it's also one of the trickiest things I think for anyone to figure out in any kind of relationship of like where jealousy comes from and how feelings work. These really aren't things that we're taught <laughs> in any way. And most of the time I feel like our, our parents have not even really had the time to really figure that out, but it's just so important. And if you don't get there, I mean, you can just find yourself in confusion all the time. My own experiences with that, because I think the jealousy thing is, is is a big thing for most people when they first hear about this. It was also a big thing uh, for me to think about because I had to deal with it directly. And I used to feel so defiant against this this big barrier of jealousy that people would put around it that I wanted to say something like, oh, well, I don't get jealous. <laughs> like, nope, doesn't happen. But then, you know, the jealousy would come and I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's just not really how it works that you just never feel jealous. Uh, you, you keep feeling jealous. And if you keep feeling jealous when you are safe and you are loved and everything is fine, then like, what does it mean to feel jealous? And I think it's just your body talking to you, you know, just like fear or anger or any of these other like emotions that have been labeled and demonized for being negative. Um, I feel like if you make space for those things, then you can hear what they have to say because it's you yourself that has something to say. And when I sit with my jealousy, it points at things at me and he's like, this is a space in you where you feel insecure. Or, yo, this is me telling you that I feel like you're in danger. <laughs> so check this threat. And then I'll be like, I checked the threat. They they seem cool. <laughs> and uh I can't see them do anything shady, so maybe let's look somewhere else. And then it's like, okay, okay, well then maybe look back at yourself. Now, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's like it's it's like any process of letting go. Uh, it feels a little uncomfortable to go into that space, but you usually do feel better after sitting with it. Being in like polyamorous relationships, you get a lot of opportunities for that. But every relationship will give you that opportunity, even the non romantic or intimate ones this is true this is true I think a lot of what I've thought of in the past was like this unrealistic thing of, of ownership over my partners um and another thing that I guess I've realized um through my experience is that you know as beautiful as you may think your partner is there are so many other people that think they are, are incredible and that's okay. You know, that's not a knock to, to you. I mean, maybe you just know how to. No, it's not. Only I can perceive them as beautiful. Okay. <laughs> right. Only, only I can see how beautiful you are. No. And I mean, I think that's, you know, as, as, as funny as that is, it's unfortunately like a real narrative for a lot of people there, you know, they can't see their partner being an incredible person to anyone else um so unrealistically but i think the true definition um of allowing your partner to be who they are is knowing that 
it's okay for them to share their light. You know, there's a reason why you chose them. So of course, you know, there other people are going to see the light within them and that's okay. Like, you know, if you love them, let, let them share that light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, the real challenge of that for people is what if by letting them go live their life, they do decide that they don't want to be in the same kind of space with you anymore. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you do now? <laughs> the thing I kind of come back to with, with that whole, like, argument is just like, well, like, what were you doing before? <laughs> like, um... I don't know, maybe it's just movies or whatever, but people have this idea that everything's leading up to this big event, this this big like crescendo of your life coming together and you being in love and it all looking like some weird nuclear family. I don't know, maybe it's not weird. Um, but uh, the truth is that it, I guess it just keeps changing. And even if you just stayed with one person, that person will change and you will change too. You have to kind of be, you have to kind of practice being comfortable with letting them go and letting yourself go too, because it will happen. I guess that kind of leads to like another really big fear that a lot of people bring up to me all the time, which is just like, oh my God, I mean, aren't you afraid of dying alone? <laughs> like that probably, that has like the number two spot behind don't you get jealous? Um, aren't you afraid of dying alone? Which is a scary thing to have a lot of people tell you because, I mean, what it says to me is just that everyone's terrified of dying alone. <laughs> and I think if that's your relation for, like, getting on... That's your motivation for getting on Tinder or hitting the bars, being like, hey, you want to not die alone? <laughs> then uh, I don't know if that's the best foot to start on. Um... Like, I had to get to a place with myself and my own, like, journey with these things. Again, in that kind of defiant, like, stance I used to take, which is just like, fuck it, I'm going to die alone, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to be, like, having all these friends and doing all this cool shit, and I'm going to be completely fucking alone, uh, but I'm going to go out like a boss. And what I realized is that, like, that's just not, that's, I don't really feel like that's, uh, that's real if you are continually engaged um, with yourself and in, in relationship to your surroundings and your community. I don't know, like I've, I've also just heard from and met a lot of old people who really, when they get really, really old, they're just in all these beautiful friendships with people and really comfortable with themselves. So maybe that's where we're headed. <laughs> Well, hopefully. I mean, I would assume if, if you're in a poly relationship, you got a couple people to choose from. You can you can pick up your phone and be like, which one of you guys want to die together today? You know, <laughs> This could be it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I could definitely see how um, some people automatically assume, you know, that that is what your life is is going to be in the future and it's like I don't I don't fucking know you know the the only thing mm -hmm. you can wish for is just to be happy that's the biggest thing you know whether I'm I'm with someone whether I'm by myself whether I have 18 cats and you know those are only the people that I see <laughs> and talk to every day you know just as long as I'm happy so that's the biggest thing yeah exactly I think trying to live for those expectations when 
like you're talking about who you want to die with. I mean, you've not even dated anyone longer from for like six weeks. <laughs> um, it's kind of like maybe just take it one step at a time. And if that feels right, if you finally get to a place where dying with someone feels like the move, then maybe just do it then. <laughs> That's good advice. I like it. I like it. So uh, um, speaking of advice, what is some advice you would give to someone who was interested in um, trying the poly lifestyle and they're trying to get their get their footing into how they should start what what resources they should look in what was something what's some advice you'd give them it's really important I guess to start with like looking in and looking at yourself and looking at where you come from if you're coming from like a monogamy centric family and a family background or community background then that means you're gonna have to do some healing you're going to have to look at the ways that monogamy being the expectation creates pressure and then room for kind of like toxic moments and just thought um, because everyone will then come up to you as not being in the norm and question you and judge you, maybe even harm you. And so start there because the more you can heal that you know, heal your relationship to your parents or any way, other form of source, then the less that you'll have to deal with that in the context of your relationships with others. And I think that's true for anyone, not just like Polly. I think you have to kind of heal that stuff, even if you're just monogamous or else that will come up in your relationships. And then that will put you in a great place to start having a relationship with yourself, which I think is the best advice. Find ways that you love to love yourself. Um, Find ways to strengthen your own boundaries, how to talk about them, practice them with people you're not intimately engaged in. And then when you find someone that you want to be in relationship with, focus on just communication up front. A lot of the time, especially in my early part of my journey of like being non-monogamous, uh, I would kind of wait until like the third kind of date to really even talk about that stuff. And typically like, I wouldn't even make a move. Like I wouldn't try to make any moves when like getting close to someone. But then the day that it felt like it was time to make the move, I'd be like, yo, hold up. Just so you know, I'm not monogamous. And then I realized that was a bad idea because even though we didn't do anything, they were still projecting this expectation that I was going to be quote unquote normal and that I was talking to them because I was also after the same things that they wanted, which was this monogamy future together and then me being like actually i'm interested in a non-monogamous future they would be like well that's not what i wanted you should have told me that at the beginning and so now um if i'm meeting someone under the context of a date and i figured this out pretty quick thankfully uh to just bring it up kind of immediately and to talk about that because it's not it's not the norm um it's not taught it's not supported and so Find spaces where you can talk about that with, you know, your friends, hopefully your family. If not, there are people online, uh, communities for non-monogamy and other things. There's also these things called breakfasts that happen or brunches where people meet up who are non-monogamous and just kind of check in because I feel super lucky to have met other non-monogamous people and just kind of click with them about that and that experience. You know, hopefully that we can create more of that as things go on, as people live these things and do more. 
Yeah, and that's also kind of why I think it's so important to create spaces like this and like talk about things on, you know, platforms so that if there is a person who is questioning um, who they are or what they are, they can actually listen to something like this and say like, hey, damn, there are people that are like me and I don't have to feel like I'm stepping into a journey where I'm don't know any, you know, I don't know anyone. I can't talk to anyone because I know I'm behind a lot of people, especially um, with non-monogamous people, there's a lot of shame with it because of the things that people say to you, um, the misconceptions, the myths, um, the projected ideas of how you should, you know, go about your romantic relationships. And so I know how stifling that could feel um, as a person who may just be curious. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I mean, so many people will label you as a slut or like a player <laughs> or something like that. And even today, I'll be like, at work or just talking with people. I try to be pretty open about all these things. Um, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, one of my partners did this or yeah, my other partner. And they'll be like, wait, you're dating like two people? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, oh. He's like, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm polyamorous. We're non-monogamous. And then their immediate next question is like, oh, well, do they know about each other? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I they let them know. And then their immediate question after that is like, and they're okay with that? <laughs> it's almost like they want to like reach out and be like, oh, no, no, I need to, I need to talk to them. I need to tell them <laughs> what you're doing because there's no way <laughs> that you're legit. And, you know, yeah. People yeah. would be surprised how many people are non-monogamous. Even, even I mean, there are so many people the community is so large, but a lot of people don't talk about it because it's still considered, I guess, taboo or... Yeah, exactly. Um, people don't want to bring that home to their parents. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get enough shit already. And, I mean, I also meet a lot of people who might be interested in that, but are also just really terrified of disrupting whatever they have, you know? Like, say they're with someone, but they would like it to be, like, open or non-monogamous and they just won't bring it up because it still feels like it's not worth it to risk losing someone over that so I think it's, it's kind of sad that I mean I don't know I think it there's a reason that most polyamorous people are married <laughs> there's a lot of married people that will then open up the relationship or move into polyamory it's really I guess it is hard for these things to kind of persist and I do, I do want to acknowledge and, and like really thank all the people that have uh, created these spaces because, you know, polyamory, non-monogamy, these are things that have existed since the beginning of humans, but we're living in a, like a monogamy-centric age. And so I'm really thankful to the people who survived that violence and then still held on to that wisdom. And I feel lucky to live in a space and a time that... I can do that safely and hear about it even. I mean, all you have to do is is go into like most spaces though, and that's just not the case. Um, it's like a floating culture. We gotta bring it back down and let everybody play around with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that um, this, this 
the way that the millennials are are taking shit over, like the way that they are just coming out of the box and just throwing all of these things together. Gen Z is really doing it. I'm I'm just so proud because like I I look at like my sister generation and everything. And I was just talking to my coworker the other day about how because uh, I I never had the opportunity to ask them their pronouns. I finally one day was just like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, uh, what are your preferred pronouns? I've never asked you what they were. They were like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, no one's ever asked me that. Like, well, I actually have they, them pronouns, but I don't typically use them at work. We're shaking shit up. And I just, I love that. I love it. I love the fact that we can have these conversations and they can be open and, and, and people can truly contribute how they genuinely feel without feeling that they're going to be judged by, you know. Exactly. That's why it's 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 all very revolutionary, and I think it's it's definitely worth it to open up those spaces where you know it'd be too much work. Let's make it less work. <laughs> we'll kind of like work together. Um, I mean, especially with polyamory too. I mean, that stuff's super sus, and people don't tell their coworkers about. I mean, in a way, it almost feels like that's one of the pressures to have like a primary or main relationship so you have like this figure in your life that you can bring to the the big parties and the big events and like spend the big days with and all that um it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot to unpack how do you even start those conversations with people because i know you you date now correct you do date yeah so how do you, when you meet someone new and you're um, dating them and you guys are spending time together and, you know, they, they know that you're poly, how do you have conversations with them regarding like your partnership? Is it super duper open and you talk about whatever? Do you keep some things to yourself? Are they also um, poly or are they only singular to you? It always changes. One thing I, I really come back to a lot, because when I first found out about these things, it was polyamory. And then I was like, oh, it can also be called non-monogamy. And then people want to know, well, are you non-monogamous? Are you poly? And I'm like, wait, what's the difference? <laughs> what is the difference between like an open relationship, polyamory, and non-monogamy, or even relationship anarchy? Uh, <laughs> and um, what I've kind of found is that trying to figure out when your friends or not just friends anymore and what are you at that point um, really what defines a relationship is the boundaries that you set with someone and the level of trust in your intimacy that you have and that's a lot to say to people so certain labels help in that and saying like oh yeah, we're friends <laughs> um, we're intimate friends um, we're lovers uh, <laughs> We are life partner anchor whales. Um, <laughs> and so when I, when I talk to people, I, I just kind of uh, try to find the best language I can to create a space for us, you know, which I think starts with, like, intentions. It was really funny. One partner and I came up, tried to come up with a system for this. We were going to call it bitch. <laughs> B-I-T-C-H, boundaries, intentions, trust, communication, honesty. (laughs) Wow. I know. Um, Very innovative. Yeah. uh, But, I mean, what we kind of found is just there's a bunch of tools, and it kind of starts with me, you know, coming up to you and being like, 
hey, I'm really interested in you. Can I have permission to do this with you? And they'd be like, hey, well, I'd like this. You know what? I actually really like this space with you, this intimacy. Um, we should talk about our boundaries. And then you'd introduce yourself. Be like, hey, I'm polyamorous. I'm not monogamous. I have these partners. What I want to explore with you might just be this, but I'm open to like more and I want to hear about like what you want. And then the other person will be like, well, honestly, yeah, no one's ever asked me that before <laughs> because people don't talk about these things a lot of the times. Um, and you just check in with how they're feeling. Be like, well, I'm feeling attraction to you. I also am curious to see like what could come more from like us being like intimate together. I don't really know maybe what I want, but I'm down to like explore and see what that might be. And now you've just set an intention for yourselves, which is the shape of your relationship. We are exploring intimacy together. We are exploring this type of partnership together. Maybe that exists for one night. Maybe that exists for our continued relationship. If someone doesn't have experience with that kind of relationship structure, then... Um, I, I want to take things a bit slower so that they have the time to process these new ideas and to integrate them and to really think for themselves about what they want and what they want to be doing and how that looks for us. And yeah, I think uh, through talking about those things with people and sharing those ideas, you build tools to navigate the relationship so that if suddenly you do feel a big discomfort from jealousy or whatever, you can then be like, hey, can we check in? And I'll be like, yeah, sure, let's check in. And be like, you know what? I feel like when you did that, it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And it felt like you did that to like spite me or something. Or like, you just don't really care about me. Like, now I'm asking for the capacity for you to answer these things truthfully. And be like, are you still interested in me? Do you still care about me? Is your intention with me the same or is that changing? My responsibility then, you know, as someone's for someone's trust is to come back and be like, no, I'm still interested in you. I think I do want to change the shape in this way. But, you know, thank you for checking in. Um, I still love you regardless. And that's typically, I'd say, how like that kind of talk goes. And I think um, anyone can do that. But, you know, everyone also has their own stuff going on. And... Maybe you don't want to have these like conversations. Maybe you really just want to like hook up. And I think that's why um, you can kind of, I mean, as long as you have uh, like consent and everything, you don't have to check every base with someone. As long as in that moment, people are consenting to what's going on and have informed consent and all that. Which I, which I think is important to bring up in this conversation because people talk about players and ask those questions of like, do they know about each other? How could they be okay with that? And I think that that's a response to, to trauma that comes from so many people being hurt by the toxic parts of relationships of like lies and deceit and cheating um, and people trying to operate within the system of monogamy but cheat within it to exploit people. I think it's important if we're existing in relationships to figure out the tools to defend ourselves against that. I think a lot of people don't know that there is a thing called consensual 
non-monogamy <laughs> and all of the partners involved are completely aware of the relationship structure and I, I think you know like you said immediately naturally a lot of people go directly into thinking of the negative things about mm-hmm. um you know being in really hurtful relationships with people who weren't honest um unfortunately there are people who are in non-monogamous relationships right now who have no clue and it it sucks it's really sucky that it's like that but um you know one of the biggest reasons why I think that being in non-monogamous or poly relationships is so uh clutch is because everyone involved uh knows what's up you know, and yeah. if you if you're choosing to do it because you want to and, and not because you're being misled or, or or lied to. I totally agree. I think that's why it was kind of funny, like a year or so ago, uh, being on dating apps and seeing people put in their profile that they're ethical non-monogamous, <laughs> which I was just like, OK, why do we have to clarify that non-monogamy is ethical? Like, why aren't people clarifying that? No, I'm an ethical monogamous. <laughs> I'm one of the monogamous that doesn't cheat. <laughs> or just to say that you're a non-monogamous means that you will portray yourself as a monogamous, but secretly you're a non-monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you're either a non-monogamous or you're a player cheater, you know? Like, um, I don't. I think people front load this defense of, oh, no, 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 I'm ethical because they're still scared to kind of uh, embrace a label, I guess, of being non-monogamous. Because, you know, uh, I guess another thing about it is this idea of having to live with it. I think it can be a little damaging to to have to live with a label forever. I don't consider myself polyamorous all the time. And in fact, there's been periods where I've become monogamous and then gone back to non-monogamy. You know, truthfully, I think I probably identify the most with non-monogamy because it's a very free and open term and open like because once again all these things are defined by your boundaries with people and your relationships but i also really like the idea of relationship anarchy which is just the philosophy of anarchy applied to relationships down with hierarchies (laughs) everyone is different and special in their own way there is no best relationship and there is no worse they all have their perfections and flaws people really like the idea of having something to describe themselves and maybe finding comfort and identity. Um. Yeah. I mean, we, we all do it. Not, not even just with relationships, um, with gender, with the work we do, (laughs) with the type of friends we have labels bring comfort to people. And so I, 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 I don't look at it as a a negative thing. Um, Whatever people want to do to provide them comfort in the way that they live their lives, absolutely do it. You know, unfortunately, sometimes people have to enforce them those type of labels to get the respect that they deserve. So I completely understand and get what do you see for future Jack? Like, how would you like your future to look? I mean, um. It's funny because, I mean, that's another question uh, that comes up a lot because people project this plot onto most people, which is just like, you're going to get married and then you have a family and kids and then you die alone. (laughs) No, then you die together. Um, 
And, you know, I think that question usually comes in the form of, like, don't you want, like, a family and kids? Like, trust me, no, like, mother is going to want to, like, share her house with, like, someone else that you're dating or whatever. Um, and, you know, this, I think, like, trying to even give that question a platform can be a little counterproductive sometimes because ultimately what's going to happen is if, like, that is a choice in front of me, then I make that choice as it happens, you know? And what I intend to do is learn as much as I can from my relationships and have fun and explore things that I'm curious about in a way that uh, is respectful to myself and to others and honors them in those spaces that are created and kind of grow as much as I can. Where that leads, if it leads me being alone, if it meets me dating every single person on the planet... <laughs> is kind of just along the road. And I think uh, maybe what that means is just like, you know, relationships are a really big and powerful thing, but they are not the sole purpose of our life. I love that answer. Because it's true. I mean, we people use relationships to define who they are. And, um, you know, all that tells me when people say things I like that is that you just got a shitload of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's right um, Clock in. well um thank you so 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 much for coming on here and speaking with me I've really really like the first time we had this conversation I was like oh my god like this is so incredible I wish I could record it <laughs> and now I have been able to um are there any future projects that you want to put out there anything that people should be paying attention to where can people find you if they really liked this convo? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's been a treat to talk to you more in depth. Um, really like this space to kind of like dig in. And as far as things I'm working on, uh, like I said earlier, my art is my life expression. <laughs> so uh, I guess stick around for that. I think uh, if you want to follow me and just keep up with the things I do, because I always have things coming in the works. My Instagram, I think, is a good place. It's at 2Jacks, T-W-O-J-A-C-K-S underscore. And yeah, uh, I'm down to always connect and talk to people about these things. Um, yeah, maybe I'll do more stuff like this, too. I have you know, a few other people that just want to get on a mic and talk about relationships. It's so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, these conversations are the best. And I'm, I'm bringing this to other people so that I can show the world that I have really amazing minds of people as friends. And, and, and so this is this is what this platform is for. So guys, well, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see everyone soon.
Thank you.